You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Brad, Shaw, and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Ida Rodriguez, and she does not like the cold, but uh, at this point, who, who can blame her? Next on the Best of... Welcome back to the show. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in. Ida Rodriguez, our guest. She'll be at the House of Comedy tonight, 7.30 and 9.45. Tomorrow, 7 and 9.30 and Sunday. Check her out at 7 p.m. At least you've got the weather for people that are going to be bored and cabin fever to get out and want to see something fun. Get back out into these uh, clubs, guys. Get out and have some fun. Support the local entertainment. Support all these great entertainers that are coming to our state that you don't na- naturally get to see. And go out and have some fun. You deserve it. And House of Comedy, I think, is probably one of the best venues in the Twin Cities. I love going there. My wife and I enjoy going there. Every time we go, it's great grouping, great people, great staff that works there. And okay. it's, it doesn't break the pocketbook. It's a great night out for not, not a whole lot of money. Yeah. You know, and you guys come out to see me. Um, I won't be talking about any of the stuff that we talked about <laughs> in the first segment. I'm not going to bore you like that. But I demand to be taken to these uh, fishermen houses that are on these ice lakes. Like I, I was, I saw it on the news the yesterday. Fish houses. The fish houses. I want to go there. Like really? I want to. Yeah, I want to take a picture for my Instagram. That would make me cool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't even want to do that. No, uh, they, it mm-mm. looks fun. Well, Depends on how cold it is. It's actually not bad right now. It's, you got a yeah. you got a really 
want to get away from well, your family to mm-hmm. go sit on a bucket in a small house mm-hmm. on the ice and fish. Some, That's some people like make it. them pretty fancy, though. Yeah. Now That's true. How big How big do they get? Depends. Some of them are like, like those biffy outhouses, uh-huh. and you sit in there, and mm-hmm. it's just enough room for you and a hole, right? They and can be as big as this one. Like yeah, cabana. Yeah. You can get out there that'll that'll build up. I just... They got pop-up shops. I mean, I heard it was... Yeah. Listen, I live in the city where the Kardashians are an attraction. Uh, I'd rather go see a, ice ho- a fish house. That's crazy. Some ice. <laughs> Kardashians. So do you think like 70, 80, 90 years from now, they're going to be like Jurassic Park trying to find DNA to rebuild Kardashians <laughs> so that the world Ugh. can go see them somewhere? Uh, we hope not. Yeah, that is just one of the strangest family... I, I, I still don't understand... Yeah, the phenomenon. Right. It's it all goes with everything that's happening from politics to entertainment. All of it met. Remember, where politics was separate from entertainment. Now right. it's, you know, this president is a rock star. This president is. It's become the worst thing that I think ever happened to us is probably Twitter. You know, social media. It really is because it created, uh, it merged everything and made everything entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's become. Um, where people get their information from, they're not reading books, they're not doing research. It's like no, they, we become. Uh, if you can't tell me in 140 characters, I've lost interest. I have a hard time. People send. I get about 100 emails a day, and people are telling me, you know, stories or questions. If it goes past a paragraph or two, my mind just starts melting down. I'm like, what happened to me? I used to love to read. Now I'm like, oh, so many words. <laughs> we could do so much with 140 characters. Just get to the point. But it, yeah, it's funny how it's shaped. The way yeah. we think, the way we work, our, our whole life. Um, yeah, but yeah, if bad. you get a chance going out and sitting in a nice house, just to. I want to see what it what it's like. Um, I want to see the pop up. Everybody in here is like, nah, you yeah. don't want to do that. Well, it's like I, it's like living near Disney. So do you? <laughs> you don't want to yeah. go to Disney. Oh, I but, see. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, some, it's, you know, some of them are basically a tent. Yeah. And some of them are an actual structure. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a date that they can be out there. And then a date that they have to be removed by. Because right. they will stay well past the point where they'll fall, fall through the ice right. if you let, let them. them. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's dedication. They're like, I won't fall through, and then oh, they do. I don't know if dedication is the right word. <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> yeah. When you see guys, and it's like been four days in a row of 50-degree weather, and they're driving their 4 by 4 trucks right. out on the, on the ice, ice to go mm-hmm. get their, their yep. structure. I, I I gotta guess at the bottom of Minnesota lakes there has got to be close to three trillion dollars in ice houses and trucks. <laughs> oh yep. wow! It's just oh I yeah. You I, do you know anyone who does that? Does anyone in here yeah, know? I mean son, I know guys does. who does. I've ice fished. I used yeah. to, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of ice. I like to be in a boat in the summer out on the lake. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have ice fished. I know some people have some crazy ass. Uh, ice fishing houses. I mean, they have satellite TV with big flat screens in them. They have like a like a stove fire. That's in what there. I'm saying. You got to really dislike your family to go ice fishing. <laughs> I'm sinking all that money just th- to get away quietly. Th- this one guy, he had about six holes uh, drilled, had a line in each six holes, and then he. Uh, rigged it up to this thing where if there was a fish on the line, the light would turn on. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So then he's like, oh, got a fish. He'd go over, pull it in, and pop it back in the so water. Too many years of video games. That's what he's done. Is he's created <laughs> a video game system for catching fish. Why not just, yeah, why not just make the reel automatically reel itself in at that point? Just uh, <laughs> So it's cold inside of these houses then? No. Because no, you get toasty. little heaters. They'll, they'll uh-huh. get these like little portable heaters that... And again, that's another point. When you're sitting on ice, heating the area you're yeah, in, that just that sounds, sounds weird. counterintuitive to staying alive. 
Do, has any have there has there been any fires or explosions oh, yeah. because of oh, yeah. that doesn't sound like a good mix. There's been explosions and there've been um people have died from asphyxiation. Oh yeah, they'll like start a fire in the ice house and then or the sometimes propane tank doesn't isn't yeah. working correctly and Yep. Okay, that 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 um, <laughs> yeah. sounds like Thanks fun. Good time. <laughs> See now my my son uh does something for um every year called the polar plunge. Which, oh, I heard about that yesterday. Raising money, yeah, for the uh, for Special Olympics. And people, if you're interested, you can go make a donation at darknessradio.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, click on that, and help my firefighter son do this. Uh, but they cut a huge hole in the lake, and they set up just this big party atmosphere, and then people just dive into and it's tomorrow. Frigid, icy, cold water to raise money. I did that last year. I what will time? Because I, I want to put that on my Instagram. It's, no. uh, <laughs> everything it, is it starts out early, and then it goes for like four or five hours because they've got group after group and i'll tell you what though i did it last year with my son and his fire group if i don't want to call him his troop i don't know uh but we went in and dove i'll tell you what my body has never felt better really well, for the then- next like four to five hours every ache and pain was gone i hit that ice water and it's a brutal smack i mean it's like you want to just crawl out of your skin it's so cold <clears throat> but then the rest of the day i didn't have my arthritis, my aches, pain, everything was gone. That's, that's why athletes will take oh, ice baths. Yeah. They'll sit in a tub and just, I mean, submerge themselves in ice, cold water. Yeah, the cryotherapy. Right. I did it in uh, in Mexico. I, I got into the, the ice. I, I went into the ice. I took the, the ice cold shower. It was three. You have to do, you go hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. The, the, the last one, though, was... You uh, go into this pool of ice water and you go under. Um, yeah, I didn't. I thought I was gonna die. I was like, <laughs> when I jumped out of that, they they say try to stay down there for a minute. I, I, I eight seconds. Right, it, really it was tops for me. I could. Have you seen those cryotherapy chambers? Yes. Where you go and you have to stand still, and they it's like negative one hundred and fifty degrees or yeah. something. I don't. I don't understand how you survive it. Yeah, but you stand in there, and it's actually it helps reboot your system. Yeah. yeah. Those, uh, there's a lot of NFL and NHL players who do it, yeah. and it helps them to recover faster. They, they remind mm. me of this group of people um, that, when they're that cold like that, uh, dead people. Yeah, That's what yeah. they remind me of, and I'm not trying to join them. No, <laughs> no yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> feels so cold. Although I did buy my wife and I the package to go do the cryotherapy chambers, and uh, we let it expire because the idea of standing in negative 180-degree weather... I could just go stand outside Yeah, a couple true. weeks ago. Just stand outside in a bathing suit, and there you go. What's the place called? What's the? I don't. I think it was like Cryotherapy USA or something was the name of the, the company. There's a bunch of them that yeah, do sure. these different therapies, and... Yeah, but I, I should have done it because, like I said, diving into the ice-cold water, if you've never done it, I, it felt amazing afterwards. I don't know and, if it's because you're just so glad to be alive. All the rest of your aches and pains don't seem important <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Is it, uh, have there any been any casualties as a result of this polar challenge? I'm sure there have been heart attacks and such. They warn, you know, and they've gotten uh. paramedics and everybody standing alongside the water. Uh, and they, they cut it into a shallow place so that when you jump in, it's about four feet deep. Okay. Oh. Um, so you're not... You know, you you submerge, but you can stand up and get out right away because you have to stand up and walk out. Well, yeah, I suppose. Otherwise, you don't want people sinking to the bottom in that. No, and I can't. I know they're going to get wicked cold again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just donate the money and just skip the... Yeah, you can do that. But the whole thing (laughs) is is people, you're paying to watch my son 
hurt himself and oh, jump into the water. Oh. That's what, you know, we're uh, in America, we like our entertainment to be violent and painful. So. Yeah, and at someone else's expense. <laughs> exactly. So I did it last year. I will not be joining him this year. Um, but we are raising the word hoping to get up to uh, five grand i think we're sitting at just around two grand right now so if you're interested out there and you'd like to make a donation and help special olympics all the money raised goes to help them with training uh travel and their their uniforms everything they could use and it's right at darknessradio.com scroll to the bottom of the page make the donation buck five bucks 20 bucks a million bucks whatever you got and you'll be able to help make a difference in the special olympians lives uh so they're doing it tomorrow i believe it's tomorrow yeah Uh, Yeah, well it's gonna be a low of negative 10 tomorrow so They better do it early. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. High of 20, but low of negative 10. See, last so year was gonna like be a swing. 40 degrees out, so it was yeah. nice. Uh, I dove in, I came out, it felt like you were then in a sauna. Yeah. So if that, that's the temperature, then what's the wind chill? Oh, yeah, with the wind chill, uh, it's, you never know, really. Uh, winds are going to be about 10 miles per hour, so not good yeah yeah probably negative 20 to 30 it'll end up all right guess yeah. who will be uh i'll be on one of those rides in the middle of the mall yeah you can join our family we're all going to camp Nickelode- nickelodeon universe tomorrow to, oh, to yeah, do we're that. Having oh. A family. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. so Maybe everybody we'll come on join the schrader clan as we head on out to the uh the nickelodeon universe yeah that's <laughs> at least we have those indoor parks to keep us yes. sane and it, even the uh, the indoor pool, you know, uh-huh, like the, the water park, the hotels, like even we have a, a, an indoor pool because that's what you really want to do. You want to go swimming when it's freezing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to get that out of uh, that craving. Um, it's so funny to me. It's just, yeah. Florida doesn't. My mom, it was like uh, 60 degrees and she was like, I'm freezing. And she was uh, yep. wearing People a sweater. People start wearing coats. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I know. We just laugh. <laughs> I know. Poor people, huh? Do you have kids? I do. Um, I don't talk about them because I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they won't leave. Mm. Uh, yeah, they won't leave. They don't. They don't leave. No? No, they don't. My daughter's back. She graduated from school. Um, she graduated from UC Davis in June, and she's back home. And my son just moved out. Um, we never thought that would happen. But... <laughs> It was glorious. Uh, he's got his own place. Now we see him once a week when he comes to do his laundry. Because oh, he really yes. he didn't move out. Like, for real, moving out is doing your own laundry, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He well, shows him. I, see, I always try to convince myself. It made my mom feel like she was still important to me. Oh, to that's what her, he does. To let, let her do my laundry. I'd go home, do that. Or, Mom, you want to come on over and help me clean? I got a girl coming over. Oh. Then she'd come over and help me clean. No, he comes over and he gives us a hug. He likes to give us a group hug. Oh. And then um, you, he's like, I miss you guys. And then, like, ten minutes later, you hear the washing machine going. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. He's really funny. He's very, uh, he's cool. They're both cool kids. Um, I, I, I refused to have a third child because my two were good. And I was like, if I have that third one. You're, you're, you're messing with the ratios, yeah, right? Yeah, two's a would, good number. Yeah, yeah. two's great. He's, uh, they're both uh, good kids. I, My kids tell me that I owe them money because I built a lot of my stand-up career on talking about them. Yes. <laughs> but I said, you guys owe me money because I was a cook, a chef, a driver, you know, everything that you could imagine I had to do for those children. So they're, they're fun. They're fun. 
You guys got 11, though, right? Uh, yes. They're not fun. <laughs> well, They're horrible, hateful little human beings that make my life. I am only 34 years old. Look at me. Okay, I look, look at, like I'm you 68. Mean, you look like you've been to the school of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes. <laughs> okay. it is a, it's, no, we love our kids. Just... I love them more when they're at their mom's house. That's, no, I know. That's the thing. You know what's funny is that they they, they got rights now. They can talk about oh, it. I know. Oh, you know, I know. And they know it. And that's, they, that's the sad thing. Yeah. Like, we had them. We didn't know it, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't respect anybody who never had to walk to school. Those are the yes. people. I don't respect those people, yeah. right? And I told my children all the time, I don't respect you because you never walked to school and you never had an aluminum lunchbox. You know, you guys, that's... That's essential to. I still have my peanuts aluminum lunchbox. Oh, do you? From grade school, yeah. I have a friend who has a collection. Felicia Michaels is a comedian. She has a collection of aluminum lunchboxes in her guest house. She has all of them. It's Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's really cute. It's amazing how much money people are dumb. What we collect (laughs) is just so dumb. Yeah. I used to. I worked for a company. We sold gold and silver collectible coins. And I get you on the phone. You drop ten thousand dollars with me on a coin. And I'd wow. sit there and shake my head, and I was just—I couldn't wrap my head around it. And one day, my buddy goes to me, he goes, "So you're not selling because you're having a hard time getting around that?" I go, "Yeah, I feel really weird <laughs> asking yeah. for this." He goes, "You just bought Amazing Fantasy 15 with the first appearance of Spider-Man. It's a nickel worth of paper, five cents worth of ink, and you just spent four thousand dollars. They have gold and silver, right?" If Everybody the ever hits the fan, right. you're not going to be able to barter with your amazing Fantasy <laughs> 15. He's going to be able to save his children. You're dead. So, yeah, I guess it all the, the collectability concept is a strange You are thing. an artist. You know what? Yeah. That's the argument that we have all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my, uh, my partner here. He and I, we have these arguments because you, when you're driven by passion for art and the things that you love, you will never ever make sense to someone who sees things through money. Right. You know about money, so they're like, "That's gold and silver," and you're like, "But what does it do for your heart?" That's right. right? That's right. And we then, have to take a quick break. We'll come back with more on the Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice. Ida Rodriguez. Coming up next, Pete Lee is back in town and delightful as ever. Next. I'm Dave Schrader. Tom will be back with you on Monday. Joining me now live in studio, comedian Pete Lee. He'll be at Acme Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. There are just a few tickets that remain for the 1030 show. Just a few. So if you want to get out, have a little fun this weekend, make sure you check out the show's 1030. And then make sure you go out and see Ida on, on Sunday at 7. Yeah, that's our our tickets are selling so well that I want to just promote her stuff. That was very nice. <laughs> so I want to do. make sure to mention Ida's show. Yeah, we can do whatever you want. Yeah, she's my good friend. And um, yeah, we ran into, into now, each other. Now, is she your good friend or is she a Hollywood good friend? Meaning you've seen her once <laughs> and you nodded politely from across the um, bar. Yeah, babe. 
babe. I admire your work. Uh, <laughs> no, we, I mean, I, we're both seller comics in New York because we both go back and forth between LA and New York all the time. So, uh, I don't know, like there's this kinship, you know, like they're the, um, the Friars Club really isn't a thing anymore. It's mm-hmm, really yeah. the, you know, if you're in the cellar, you're, you're in this, you know, fraternity sorority thing. Uh, it, it, yeah, she's. We, we really are close. We've we've hung out with each other for hours and hours and hours and it's on end, you know, at night. But um, no, no hanky panky, babe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was uh, released last week on uh, last month on Netflix. Ray Romano yeah. did a special at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, and he, he did a half hour at the original location. And then left the building and went because they have like an offshoot around. And he kept saying around the corner. And he went, walked a couple of blocks, went around the corner and did another half hour. And then he finished it. Were either one of them funny? Yes, they were very funny. (laughs) And then it finished with um, uh, him eating pizza with his real kids. (laughs) At the cellar table? Uh, there was some pizza joint in between the two. Oh yeah, mm. Ben's. Yeah, Ben's Pizza. That, um, yeah, the, uh, Ray. I haven't seen Ray's special yet, but that's. I mean, <laughs> that's what you can do. The cellar has. Uh, they have three rooms. They have the the comedy cellar. They have the village underground, and then they have the fat black pussy cat. And uh, and so like like when I, I know <laughs> these are all reputable rooms. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> um, Hello everybody, welcome to the fight black pussy cat room. <laughs> we take comedy seriously here. Um, but yeah, like when I get ready for the Tonight shows, they um, they put me up in all their rooms for all the shows. So I end up doing nine shows that night where wow. I get to wow. warm up the set and. Uh, whenever I, by the time I get to the Tonight Show, I feel so comfortable because, you know, the cellar is a room that I used to feel really scared performing in. And so it's like, if you can do the set nine times there, you know, where you're following, you're literally like following like Chris Rock and Amy Schumer and, you know, Louie, even though he died. But, um, uh, I thought that'd get a laugh, but, um, (laughs) uh, but you're following all these really great comedians with that set. So if it can follow that, it can go up on the Tonight Show. So you do tonight show. How intimidating is it that first time? Um, it's. I mean, it's pretty intimidating, but the Jimmy Fallon makes it much better. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I was really nervous to go there, and then they had this thing called Pup Quiz on that show the first time that I was there, where they have like they have like fifty puppies, and they they play this game show where the puppies are involved. And so Jimmy greeted me at the elevator, and he's like, "Hey, Pete, thought you might be nervous to do the show. Do you want to hold a puppy?" And like, <laughs> so like right away, you're like, you know, the host of the show that you feel like you could be afraid of is our, you know, is like handing he's you a on puppy. Your side yeah. yeah, that's great. And then he hangs out in the green room with you and just makes you feel comfortable. Because I remember when I did David Letterman, when you walk out mm-hmm. on stage, you're like, oh, my God, Dave's over there. Right. And But when you do Fallon, you're like, oh, that's my pal Jimmy. And those are my friends, the Roots, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you, you just feel really comfortable, you know, the whole time. But uh, I also take this, uh, my girlfriend's a psych nurse practitioner, and I take this drug called propranolol when I do yep. big things. Sure. It's a beta blocker. And um it's actually like a heart rate medication that they figured out lowers your anxiety because, like, uh, like you can have you can have anxious thoughts, like, like, oh my god, this is crazy, but your body's like, I'm not coming with you. <laughs> you know, like if somebody was shooting you with a machine gun, you'd be like, cool bullets, like, wow, <laughs> oh my god, look at that blood spatter. They're gonna have a lot to clean up. Um, so. 
like I've a lot of times friends will be like, you look so comfortable when you're, you know, when you're on there. And I'm like, well, it's the comedy seller warming up and doing all that preparation, but it's also propranolol. (laughs) (laughs) I cheat. Yeah. Is that what you're on? Propranolol? No, that's the one I've been trying to get you to get on for your migraines because it's supposed to help with migraines. Migraines. I take it for migraines. Oh, do you really? Yep. Yeah. Every day. How does it, how does it work for migraines? It just you still have does. You're just like, wow, this migraine. Is good. <laughs> they, they must have figured that out a long time ago because that's what my mom takes for her migraine. She she had migraines like she's had them since she was like 12, and uh-huh. to the point where she can't function at all. Mm. Um, within like six hours, if she doesn't take that medication, she has a migraine for the rest of the day, even after she takes it. So like wow. she can't go like six hours into the day without taking it. Otherwise, she's basically screwed. Wow, see, I'm, That's I am with Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one right away in the morning. The rest of the day is done. Yeah, and see, I'm lazy, so I think I'm going to start faking migraines. Like, oh, I just can't do anything today. I have this migraine. <laughs> People will be like, why are you smiling? I'll be like, I smile through it. Right. It's not smiling, it's a wince. Yeah. Pete, Pete, you're giving away your secret, though. Yeah. She's going to ask you to do something, and you'll say that, and she'll go, eh. Ah. You already said she's a psych nurse, so she's going to know when he's pulling the shenanigans anyway. Yeah. She, well, I mean, she, like, interviews people for a living, you know, like, like high-level liars, you know, yeah. and... Um, <laughs> so, drug so the high rollers yeah. of the liar community? Yeah, oh, so great. I can't get anything past her, and I don't even try. I don't well, know. they were... I uh, saw something on uh, news here lately. The people that next have to go after is people who are getting prescriptions for their animals mm-hmm. yep. and then taking them themselves. Like, they'll go in and... F- Say my dog won't move or mm-hmm. can't lay down. Mm-hmm. It's in so much pain, and then they'll get my a dog's script. jonesing really hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll get a script. Hey man, I need some warmer. Right? <laughs> I just need a little warmer. My dog's going nuts, man. <laughs> I need some puppy propranolol. <laughs> puppy uppers and doggy downers. Is that yeah. what you need? Yeah. <laughs> oh my that's god, that's funny. That like, I mean, <laughs> our dogs like. Do they prescribe opiates for dogs? Yes. Is that yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Really. That's, and that's what they're doing it for. Is for pain medication. My buddy's wife is a vet. And he gets kidney stones a lot. And I don't uh-huh. know if you've ever had kidney stones. Luckily, no. But it's, it's oh. I guess, the most violent, horrific thing <laughs> in the history. Of, yeah, the stand-up comedian's in the house. He's yeah. been struggling with wanting to just hold the mic. Yeah, yeah. But- I... Yeah, I, I, this thing, like, I, this mic stand, it's like you have to lean so far forward on the table <laughs> mm-hmm. that it feels uncomfortable, and yeah. this feels better. Now I can lay back. Because, like, look, you're laid back. You're like, yeah, I want to be like you. Yeah, but when, <laughs> I, when I go to talk, I always do this. Oh. Back. It comes out, just to let you know. You we, can... <laughs> we have a friend of the show who, uh, his mic technique, because he's on the morning show, uh-huh. it's Philly, he'll... Let me tell you, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't agree with that. And the more he talks, the further he gets away from him. It's like, oh, gotta move toward the mic. The, yeah, the soundboard guy is like turning it up every yeah. time he talks. You hear like. <laughs> but anyway, I interrupted. I apologize. No, that's fine. I already forgot what my story was. Anyway, I just that's I need propranolol to be back on, on topic. Propranolol, yeah, it's propranolol is really great. The only problem is that the the next day you get what is it rebound hypertension. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that uh, sometimes I like I because I I also have a prescription for clonopin, but you got to be like really like really careful with that stuff. Yeah. If you start taking it more than like two days in a row, you can start feeling dependent. And 
Um, I have friends that have all sorts of terrible side effects from it. But like when I take that for anxiety, or, like I just feel fine the next day. Uh, but with propranolol, sometimes you feel like, like, okay, I took a blood pressure medication yesterday. Yeah. And then a lot of days I have to fly on those days. So I'm already feeling weird. So it like amplifies the jet lag times 10. Mm-hmm. And then I call her and I'm like, I'm dying. She's like, you're fine. <laughs> I'm like, I need a nurse. She's like, I am one. Uh, my poor wife has to put up the uh, nonsense at our home. I, I got up one morning. <clears throat> our, my daughter has diabetes. So I had to get up to go check her blood. And I woke up, and I just had that pasty, dry mouth. And I'm like, God, I, I need gum. And I looked down on the floor, and there's two two pieces of gum. You know, uh-huh. the, the little white gums. I'm like, oh, thanks, God. F- right? <laughs> so I reach down, I pick the gum up, throw it in my mouth. I walk in, I take care of my daughter, and as I do, I start sweating. And like my heart starts going crazy, and I'm like, nicotine gum. And I, hey, thanks for the punchline right out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares about the setup? But yeah, I thought I was physically dying. I said goodnight to my, uh, I said goodnight to my daughter. I went in and laid down for a few minutes, and I told my wife, I'm like, go get the kids. She goes, why? I go, I got to say goodbye. She's like, what? (laughs) I said, no. I said, this, I'm having a heart attack. This is the, I, I was sweating. My heart's going like this, and then finally she goes, what happened? I said, I don't know. I got up. I, I chewed a couple of pieces of gum that I found on the floor, and she looks at me and she goes, "That you what?" <laughs> I found, found, found them on the floor, yeah. and I, I popped them in. She goes, "Dumbass, those are my nicotine gum. They fell out of my my robe. Oh. You just took like two packs of smokes." <laughs> so I'm chowing on that. I oh, I thought I was done. And have yeah. you had nicotine? Like, are you a nicotine person? Do you ever no, smoke? She, no, I, I don't not. smoke either. I I chew it because I have Crohn's disease. Oh, so kind of help. Have you ever heard where people like, oh, if you're ever you know constipated, have a cup of coffee and a cigarette, and that'll break something loose for uh-huh. you. Because nicotine <laughs> can help stimulate. It's yeah. a stimulant. Honey, what have we said about too much information? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody talks about it. What have we said? We said Ooh, what, it's what welcome everybody? on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, Save it for the podcast and you're here. Yeah, so especially like after I eat and stuff, I chew a piece of nicotine gum because it kind of keeps things regulated and so I don't have any issues because I deal with chronic inflammation. Mm. Yeah. And so that's why I have it. And he, I had it in my bathrobe pocket. And Well, he whipped my bathrobe off the bed for some reason. For sex. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no. Not her, her bathrobe. <laughs> and a couple pieces must have fallen out and i'm like I, whether it was nicotine why are you eating gum off the floor <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> i know right hey he hey judgy judgy wudgy let's well, back it, it, up andy would never do that because he it, is so worried about germs yeah. <laughs> but it's funny that the three females are, are like why would you do that and what? i bet you pete me and brendan were all like yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, our maternal instinct. Plastic, to it be has like, the hard candy shell on it. Right. It's not getting yeah. germs. Also, it's your floor. If it was right. like a hotel uh, carpet floor, no way. No. But if it's your floor at home, you're right. like, these are all my germs. Well, and I just figured my cat must have got into one of my packs of gum, messed mm. with it, and knocked it two pieces on the floor. So that was it. It was there was yeah. no brain. Th- Everybody's like, you're a, you're a moron. Yeah, <laughs> cats love gum. You yeah. know, like Who we they just follow the, the logic paper. trail. <laughs> it's the crinkle paper that they get. <laughs> Now, now I ask him, I'm like, oh, do you want to try this? Oh, no, I don't want to bite. So I want me to throw it on the floor. Then will you want it? <laughs> so I just start throwing it. But I've become You're throwing broccoli on the floor. Yeah. Eat it. Ooh, broccoli. <laughs> then she, she does medical marijuana to help with some of her, her, her deals. And then one night I had this kicking headache. I go, honey, can I, I, I need a hit. She goes, okay. So she hands me the, the vape pen. She goes in the bathroom without giving me instructions uh. on, that this is a different deal. I go old school. I haven't smoked weed in like 20 years, and I grab it and I go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh no! Oh god! And I held it for like a minute as I'm typing, and all of a sudden everything starts going like this. And I'm like, and she walks out as I go, just like a Van Halen concert Prince video happening, and she goes, "What did you do?" And I go, "I just took the hit." And literally, I just I started the list. I got up and lay down in the bed. I got to give her a lot of credit because I spent the next six hours crying. I'm like, I'm dying. I can't breathe. I'm not breathing. She goes, you're snoring. You're talking. You're breathing. No, I'm not. You're not even paying attention. And he oh, starts like so high. praying to God because he thought he was dying. Yeah, and then oh. I forget halfway through. I'm like, oh, Lord, please get me through this. And let me remember to videotape Ghost Adventures on Friday. That looked like a great episode. I just, oh, it was so horrible. Horrible. I get couch locked on weed sometimes. You know, yes. and, and it's like, you know, if, like if you have the pen, you're used to that pen. You, yeah. you know what dosage, you know, you know what's going to freak you out. But then uh, every once in a while after shows, people will be like, hey, do you want to hit this? And then I don't want to seem like a puss, you know, so I right. I hit it. And then I'm just out with people and I'm just like, ah! like, like, <laughs> like, I always say that, like, have you ever seen a cat um, looking through a window at a bird? Yes. Like, I'll be doing like that just at people. I'll be like, I get really weird, and um, uh, um, I don't know if you guys have you guys ever had Ari Shafir on this podcast? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, uh, my friend Ari Shafir, he was like, he was like, you should eat an edible and then go up on an airplane. That's how he talks. Um, yeah. uh, for the listeners that know him, they're, they're like, oh, that's a great, in- that's a great impression. <laughs> for the rest of us, yeah. it just sounds like you were stalling out. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. what he sounds like. I'm like Frank Caliendo of only doing impressions of Ari. Um, <laughs> You should smoke marijuana. Um, but he told me that I should go up in an airplane. So I went up in an airplane and I ate it up and then it kicked in. And then this old lady next to me, I thought she was knitting a sweater, but I'm too, I get really polite when I'm high, you know, like I was like, don't look at her work. Like you wouldn't want anybody looking at your work before you're done with it. You know, so I'm like, you can't look at her work. You know? And, um, and then a half an hour later, I realized she was just trying to untangle her headphones. <laughs> So, like, I could have helped this woman. <laughs> she was knitting the whole time. We uh, we need to take a break. We'll come back. Pete Lee, our guest. Check out his website, PeteLee.net. He'll be at Acme tonight, 1030, tomorrow night, 1030. A few tickets still on sale. We'll be right back. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was Pete Lee on the best of... Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the vault. All the way back to episode number 253 with Patrick Royce, where newspaper meets radio. Next on The Best Of. Very special guest. Coming in on a Sunday, even Patrick Royce, the legendary Patrick Royce. So Sunday, you had nothing. But, well, you weren't going to the Twins game. Did uh, go to the Twins game? It's usually the uh, the way I'm uh, operating now uh, between radio and the newspaper. Sunday's usually the one day I don't have anything to do, and I really don't have anything to do. So <laughs> well, that's, I, I mean, I take that literally. I uh, once in a while I'll ask the wife if she wants to take a walk, and she says no. So we sit around and watch golf or something. And that's boring. That's Mm -hmm. boring because he's got a seven-stroke lead with about nine holes to go. Yes, that's true. 
But we have the talking about Tiger. Tiger yes, Woods, yeah. Tiger Woods, yes. He is kicking ass on this one. Mishki, we got an ad with Mishki there. We lost another uh, veteran radio guy on uh, yeah, Thursday night. Have not talked to him. He's uh, I was I, I happened to uh, see on Twitter that uh, he was talking about uh, quitting, so I turned it on, and uh, that was it. He's another uh, another one of us uh, lost. Yeah, it, it, that I whole what thing happened. I think. If people would understand, uh, because I uh, on Friday when I read I read your article, it was a great article, mm-hmm. and I read your article about it. And Tommy's uh, a hell of a talent, obviously, a really talented guy, very very intelligent guy, and a really nice man. And so, on the KQ Morning Show on Friday, I said, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how much longer I'm going to last either, because you're just sick to death of the bull. You're pretty lucky to work for the Hubbard family because they don't answer to the shareholders. That is true. Uh, thing about Mishki though is uh, he's you know he's still a, got the little house over there in Highland Park and he's got the hard working bride and uh, I think he's always been low you know, low maintenance as far as yes. uh, what it what it takes him to survive and he's always had the wanderlust. Uh, quite a character, but I had this thought uh, coming in here today, Tommy, uh, about the uh, just radio in general and how when I started. Guys like Suture and I were the were the uh, you know different because we were coming out of another yeah. job yeah. and you know the radio pros that were uh, Vogel and uh, you know guys who were radio pros Jeff Charles they, the, your training was as radio people Bob Yates right. now how many guys are trained as radio people None. and get into radio it's all some guy doing something else and you know sports writers or whatever right. and then we become the uh, you know they they hire us to do those jobs it's uh it's different though the other thing i was thinking about is how for me radio is tougher actually than sports writing because of the way the mind works and you know in sports writing you're writing a column okay you write a sentence you don't like it uh, okay, let me think of a better line here. I'll take, take I'll take three, four minutes. Radio, you got five seconds. Uh, yeah. what, is that the legal limit, Tommy, for a one-liner before uh, you got to get on? Yeah, five right. to seven. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It, it, it. It's yeah, it's a whole different business. There's no farm system anymore. There are no young no. kids, and you know, Fargo's and the you know Rochester's and places like that. There are no kids getting into radio because the business is dying. There's no question about that. It is. Local television is dying, too. It is an astounding thing. Everybody gives newspapers heat about uh, the way they've laid off people. The newsrooms right. are small. Right. Mm-hmm. Go to a TV newsroom. Oh, God, yes. I mean, compared to the way they used to report, and now though, they now it's some guy standing in front of the fire. That's it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Well, it seems like uh, well, we were talking to Don Shelby about that the other day, and he said they, they don't even have fact checkers anymore. I was like, how do you... No, Report the true. news without fact checkers. I don't understand that at all. And uh, newspapers, a lot less. Now I'm back to ripping newspapers, but a lot less copy, a <laughs> lot, lot less copy editors. Plus, the other thing is the blogs that have oh, become God. a big part of websites, mm-hmm. uh, even newspaper websites. Yes. Uh, that's not edited at all. No. If you, if I write one, and if you write, what I write is what gets in the paper. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Right. It's uh, it's it's far different to say the least. Well, it's interesting the podcast too because I notice with Tom, like I'm kind of a Bob Newhart kind of talker. I mm-hmm. I, I, I take 
See? I can tell. <laughs> yeah, right. This is how I talk. And you are still, a lot of times on radio time, it's like, you know, you're always... Move it along, yeah. Yeah, but at the podcast, it's I, you yeah, know yeah. supposed to be a little bit more relaxed and not have to be so... And I'll probably get used to that a bit. <laughs> but I probably will get used to it a bit. I was just answering your question. When, when you're on a morning show with seven other people, you better respond immediately or you'll never get a chance because they'll just bowl right over you. Well, yeah, but we have a whole – we have an entire hour to fill. Yes, yeah, we do. We yeah, don't have here's you the know, commercial breaks. Here's the problem, though. We got Mishki to talk about. We got Garden Hire to talk about because Patrick and I have a lot in common there. Oh, we, you're going to piss some people off today. We, we have – Diet Cola to talk about <laughs> because we have that in common as well. There are a lot of things to talk about, and an hour is not that long. No, it isn't that long. But, but you know, you'd cover. You could still try to cover the same amount in an hour in radio. It just would. No, be- God, it's just it's not possible. Like when Arge Barker and Tony Kameen were here on Thursday, you could not do that show on the radio because you. Just, I, we have to go to an eight-minute break now. Yeah, yeah, you would never have time to develop. No. Well, and you get comfortable with somebody sitting across the table from mm-hmm. you and starting to talk. It's, do you have the same problem with having so many stop sets? No. Well, uh, I think the way things are going in AM radio, we'd like to have more. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I, uh, when I keep hearing about Joan London going to the medical assist, wanting to tell us about medical assistance, I get a little nervous. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, when you hear that ad 25 times a day, you get a little nervous. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult business, uh, but sincerely, and you know, I've known Ginny Hubbard for God forever, and Robbie Hubbard, and you know, the whole family. It's a great situation because you. you well, let me put it this way: this is the sixth ownership of KQRS since I've been there. Yeah, and really, each one has gotten worse. <laughs> oh, it's true; it's unbelievable. Uh, a major problem came up, and I tried to reach out to. To John Dickey, who's the, I don't know what his title is with, with Cumulus, but he's one of the brothers. There's Lou Dickey and John Dickey. Uh, Ron Rosenbaum, who's my attorney, has called him five times and he doesn't he didn't even bother to call back anymore. And no, Tom didn't do anything. No. <laughs> regarding. Nothing court ordered, okay. nothing like that. Okay. People still will not believe that I, did, that I, that I stopped drinking. They won't believe that it wasn't court ordered. They just will not believe it. It's like, come on. Well, mine uh, back in 81 wasn't court ordered. It was finally uh, insanity ordered. But, uh, uh, you know, that was uh, after my divorce and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, people can just quit because they get tired of it, you know. Yeah. Did you, is that the story about the wake-up call true? I think you told me. Oh, yeah. That's New uh, Orleans, 19, winter meetings, 1974. <laughs> you know, winter meetings back then were, well, you didn't have... 24-hour news cycle, you'd make up some rumor and write a story, right. and then you'd start drinking. And you're in the New Orleans, and I've always said it was the worst town in, worst town in the world because no matter how you begged them, they wouldn't close. <laughs> you know, they kept true. serving drinks. Please, throw us out. No, well, it's a four in the morning. Yeah, they have walk-up bars there. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, my one of my dear friends, Frankie Highland, who I worked together with in St. Cloud, and then he was in Atlanta then, and he was covering the winter meetings. And uh, 
You know, one night, the last I saw him, he was getting in a cab with two hookers. So uh, about one thirty in the morning, uh, I think he was single then. I'm not sure, but uh, well, I hope so. Anyway, that's the kind of four or five days it was. And finally, my last night, I remember walking down Canal Street and stumbling and bumbling and uh, heading down to that Marriott that's down towards still down there, right. down towards yeah. the water. And uh, I remember seeing this orb in the sky. I couldn't tell what it was, but. Uh, and then I got to the hotel and went upstairs and uh, called for a 7.30 wake-up call. And the uh, woman said, sorry, sir, it's a quarter to eight. So, <laughs> luck- luckily, that was, luckily, that was when you could change planes. So yeah. then I said, I said, in that case, make it four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's quarter and went out to the airport and uh, changed my flight and flew home. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the... Sorry, I remember, sir. I remember, I remember my wife picking me up at the airport, and not surprisingly, my ex-wife. Mm, yeah, okay. After that stay in uh, New Orleans, and the first place we went was to St. Francis Hospital in Shakopee to oh. see why my heart was beating about 140 times a minute. So. Not good. Yeah, but that was a that was the hangover from hell. That one. That's the part of what you just did and what you've been doing with Joe on Monday Night Sports Talk forever and on KSTP forever is completely gone now on radio. That is gone. The, listen, we everybody's been listening to Monday Night Sports Talk forever because of that. Because when Joe Souchere tells a story about riding in a taxi with a guy from Detroit, a writer from Detroit and Sid Hartman, <laughs> yes. and they're rolling down the street, he, and Sid's looking out the window, and look, he keeps looking out the window. And finally Sid Hartman actually said, you know, those hotels be fucked without that ocean. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was on Collins Avenue in Miami Beach, and Sid suggested that uh, if the Atlantic Ocean dried up, uh, we'd all be that, that Miami'd be in trouble. Apparently, not the rest of us. No, but Miami. Miami. Miami'd be in a lot of trouble. I just don't hear anybody doing that kind of stuff any longer, and maybe they don't have time to do it anymore, or maybe they can't do it, or they're told not to, or whatever. But that's why I became. I'm going to be honest with you, KSTP AM and, and CCO AM were the reason I got into, you know, my an interest in radio in the first place. And then later on, you know, WDGY and KWB with the music and all the rest of it. But it was the storytelling, whether it was Franklin Hobbs, and I'm going way back for most yeah. listeners now. Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning. Some great, great storytellers, and, and you and Joe still do that. Great writers, both of you. He, uh, it was kind of funny. I, I told Joe that face-to-face he got mm-hmm. he got kind of embarrassed it was weird hmm. well he is a uh he's a really talented guy and, and uh you know he went to radio i think full-time what 93 maybe now since i think it's 20 years or 20. celebrating 20 years and much uh much easier for him i i was always the reactor to suits you know he uh-huh. he'd say something and i'd have a reaction and tell a story and he'd tell a story but uh since I uh, took over the morning show in uh, January of 2009, which I'm still trying to figure out why I did that, right. and became a full-timer, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot harder work than it used to be. I, I love just being a part-time guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I tell you, I don't know how the hell you do those mornings. I, mean, I did 13 months, loved the show, loved the feeling of mm-hmm. having accomplished something when it was 9.05 because we were, you know, Coles is a great guy and... Uh, and Bob Berglund was doing, Bob the, Berglund, doing the news, and it was we had a lot of fun, but it damn near killed me. I mean, it, oh, it, was, does. it was unbelievable. I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at home. Actually, I had just arrived home. Catherine arrived to come down here together, and she walks in the house in front of me. We 
as I said, arrived separately. And she looks back and goes, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's Sunday. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday at about one thirty in the afternoon, and I'm just tired as hell. And the week hasn't even started yet because I've never adjusted to that. I, I did I, – I ran into Patrick about – about a year ago at Barley's, I think it was. We're at Barley's, and you said that very thing. How the fuck have you been doing that for all these years? That's right. It is. It is a different existence. It's just a different existence. Of, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we lasted 13 months, and then they uh, changed formats, and... Uh, you know, I, at the time, I you know, it was typical. That was typical uh, newspapering, though. I was, on, I mean, radio. I was on vacation for uh, that week, and on Wednesday, I got called over to a deep secret meeting and told that my whole crew was gone, and that Monday we were going to be a different format. So I never even, you know, they they all got gassed on Thursday, and I wasn't even around. So, so you were on vacation when that happened? Yes. It'll but, probably happen to me, I would mm-hmm. be on vacation. It'll be, okay, well, that's the end of it. And uh, It's interesting now with social media, though, as you pointed out earlier with Mishki, the, Twitter, the whole Twitter thing, because it's so so funny that listeners now don't call the request line and bitch, or they don't call your boss no. and bitch. They just they go on Twitter. They go on Twitter. Yeah. And then so once a night before I go to bed, I sit down and just write, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. To about 10 different people. I got to say, I love it. I think it's a hell of a – there's a lot of information on it. Oh, yeah. It's snarkier now, and I'm one of the kings of the snark. But uh, it's, a, it's, it's kind of fun. And uh, I've also said that if Twitter was around – you know, I've – I think I got I got hired at the Star Tribune and or the St. Paul paper in September '68. If they had Twitter then, I wouldn't have lasted until '73 because you would have said something yeah. impolitic yeah. that you couldn't escape from. But now I'm 67 years old and I don't care. But you what the hell if, if if I say something impolitic now and they don't like it and want to fire me? Okay, that's fine. It is what it is. God, yeah. I will never forget Joe bitching when you went to the Star Tribune. Oh. It was nonstop bitching for about a year. Oh, man. It was that hilarious. Was, that was quite a, uh, quite a uh, <laughs> conflict papers, back then. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, uh, and he never accepted my explanation that, you know, I've been over here 20 years. And I think I'll go try that side. You know, I did. I just was kind of bored. So give I thought I'd, I'd give it a shot. He even dragged Sansevier into it. It was hilarious. Well, Sansevier went the other way. He went to the Star Tribune over the Pioneer Press. Mm. It was a bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sansevier. Yeah. Poor Sansevier dragged what into did he it. Do? I got to give that guy credit, though. He, uh, you know, he became the family man and yep. gave up the travel and mm-hmm. figured out a way to function and as a uh, newspaper man, picked out a niche for himself, and uh, then kept doing the show with you. So I, I give him a lot of credit. Oh, How many kids he got? These? Five. Plus his wife is like stray dogs, too. Doesn't she bring in? Yep. Yep. Horses, they got horses, pigs, they got everything. <laughs> Cats, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I give it. See, he's just the opposite of me. He, he can handle... Him and her, obviously, can handle complications in their lives. And I'm just, just, no, no. I want a dog, but I want a dog that is going to go over and poop in the bush and not, I don't have to clean it up. And I want a dog who's not going to chew on anything. Right. I was thinking you about know. something that didn't occur to me until recently. You have a horse. What do you do with all the manure? Mm-hmm. I mean, with a dog, you do can you really throw it away. Know? but you have it hauled off, don't you? Yeah. You had a while though. For a while. Yeah. Didn't you have a while? Yeah. We, <laughs> Do they like? Buy Do you really it? want to know? Well, some places you can sell it if you use straw bedding. You can oh. sell it to mushroom farmers, um, but generally, 
you can compost it. You put it in a great big huge pile. That's what we did in Dayton, I remember. Yep, and it just it turns into uh, compost. That's One what that was. Moved it down. Yeah, exactly. Moved back the farmer the comes out with a manure spreader. Oh. Yeah, you have a manure spreader, and they spread it on the fields, and there's your fertilizer. I had Very a, green. I had a horse. My sister, my uh, sister who uh, died of MS a few years ago, uh, was had horses when she was a little kid down in Fulda, Minnesota, and she had one named Pinky, I believe. Oh. The first one was Pinky. Pinky fell down the ice and had to be destroyed. Oh, but uh, I don't know if it was Pinky or Lady, but I finally got on the horse, and I was not full size then. I was like twelve <laughs> or thirteen years old, I was not full size. so I wasn't. But the horse obviously could sense that uh, I wasn't real comfortable, right? And bolted, and we had a pine tree. Happens all the time. We had a pine tree with a low-hanging branch, oh, and he God. caught me in the chest. Oh. My horse racing <laughs> uh, career lasted twenty feet. <laughs> twenty bolted, feet boom, on the ground. Never been on a horse since. Never will be. Boom. I understand that. I so many people have those stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But if you're a horse person and can handle them, you love the damn things. And well, well, she did. You have to, you know, you have to understand that you know, horses are a fight or flight. They're prey animals. Animal. So mm-hmm. if you've got all these, you know, scared Fears. vibes all over them, they're going to get afraid too. That's just how they are. Especially if they're smart. Smart horses are worse to handle than a dumb horse. One of my favorites is uh, <laughs> when we were getting ready to open uh, Canterbury. The uh, St. Paul paper, remember how fired up we were all for having oh, horse racing? Yep, yep. Everybody had handicappers and big right. big displays. And they sent me around beforehand, before it opened. I got to go around to, uh, I went down and saw Secretariat and Ooh, uh, Claymore. Nice. And I, I, I'd, I'd been out the year before to Del Mar and I'd, I'd done. And now I was down at Ocala, for, out down in Ocala, Florida, where Tartan Farm, where the mm-hmm. McKnights had their big farm, and they had an old guy named Johnny Nayrud there. He was an old horse trainer, legendary guy, and uh, one of those guys. If you from the South, when you introduce yourself as being from Minnesota, they start giving you hell for being a communist. You know? Oh, because you know, oh, yeah. he was an old redneck. Because it's true. I'm no. and <laughs> So he's. So now he's. I'm standing there next to him, and they're walking a couple of the racing horses around one of those where they tether them to a walking thing. Hot walker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this horse gets kind of saunters off a little to the right, and she kicks at me, and her both her hooves, both her back hooves, couldn't have missed my face by six inches. Oh, little she shit. says, yeah, "She must know you're a goddamn Democrat." <laughs> <laughs> Neyrood <laughs> says. Well, there you oh, that go. sounds like yeah. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a damn near died, but Johnny said Johnny still wasn't feeling contrite. So. No, I can understand that. It's, uh, you know, that, that whole thing. Shelby and I have been working on this thing now for, he's been on for, what, a couple of months now? Yep. He comes in and does the news on, on the podcast on Mondays and Wednesdays. That he'll bring me the news thing? Uh, yeah, bring oh, yeah. The news and all that. Yeah. But, but Don and I have been friends. Or everything. as the people in TV call it, steal me the news. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a little bitterness oh, there yeah, about yeah. the. Uh, That's true. What do they call them? Aggregators. The people Aggregate, who just yeah. take. Uh, you know. That's what they do. But Don and I have been friends for 30 years, and people just could never figure that out because their impression of Don Shelby 
Well, I think Jason Lewis called him DFL Don. Yeah, right. So, you know, DFL Don. How do you hang out with that fucking Shelby? <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's a goddamn bleeding heart liberal, and he's just, son of a bitch. You can't, you can't even listen to him. I said, he's nothing like that. He's got his, you know, he has his beliefs like anyone mm-hmm. else, but he's certainly not, you know, a far lefty like you people think he is. And Don gets the same thing from other people. He's like, how do you hang out with that goddamn Bernard, that far right-wing son of a bitch, blah, 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 blah. And that's not true either, obviously, because, you know, I uh, was one of the first guys to support gay marriage. And mm-hmm. I really think they should shut the fuck up about the whole abortion thing. And uh, you go on and on and on. Yeah, right. But people in this state tend to really want to put you on one side or the oh, other. Yeah. And nobody in the middle. Don't you think that's national now? Yeah, don't I don't know if that's yeah. just this state anymore. Yeah, it used to be us, but I think everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It, it's it probably pretty is bad. I don't understand why the middle has been squeezed out. Mm-hmm. That's where all the money is. <laughs> that's the whole problem. Well, Shelby, uh, I got two uh, two favorite Shelby stories. I'm at the. Uh, I think it's well known. Don's an AA or two, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Very he's well talked about his 33. recovery. So I'm a couple of years out of St. Mary's, I guess. And Don is the main speaker. They used to when it was a white collar place back in the oh, day, right. you know. Okay. And now it's uh, you know, and now it's not even. I don't know what they call it, Riverside or something. But yeah. But it was one of the. It was it was them or Hazeldean. Was right. Kind of, Hazeldean right. was kind of the, both had the white collar. And I went to the Heart Banquet, and Don was the main speaker. And after 50 minutes, he hadn't even had a drink yet. He was like 14. I said, Jesus, this is going to be the longest. Uh, yeah, I don't know how long. I think I went to the bathroom and never came back. He, went, he, was, he, was, he hadn't even had a cocktail yet. He'd been going 50 minutes, and this was a alcoholism. But B, uh, March 2nd, 1991, is when I wrote my infamous little notes column, which included a... Uh, demeaning of women's basketball that oh, I was shocked oh, I, that, I was shocked that 16 17 years later it hadn't improved and I referred I, I said it you know how many ever years after title nine it remains tiptoed ball throwing and uh, <laughs> people went nuts and Don, Don had a couple of daughters you know who were very good basketball yes. players oh, yeah. and Don and this was two paragraphs right and about a Sunday or two later, Don had a 35-inch essay on this on the uh, page on the editorial page saying, "Get rid of Rice. He should be fired." Blah blah. blah. Should be fired? Yeah, he wanted to be gone. Or the, the apology wasn't enough, sir. Basically, I'd have to go back and read it, but it was, you know, that would have been the wisest course of action. So I didn't do anything or say anything. And then after Oklahoma City scandal. I mean, not scandal, terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I waited a tasteful number of time, but Don was down there in his bush jacket, you know, reporting. Sure. Oh, Catherine like loves he the was, bush jacket. Like he was pulling bodies out from underneath <laughs> the cement. So, underneath the Tom concrete. Underneath, so I waited eh, a couple of weeks, and then I somehow I sneaked a line in the paper about, you know, something. I don't know. I, it was a reach to get Don, a shot at Don in there. And, <laughs> And he called me up and said, okay, we're even. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we'll see, that's good. It's good. I mean, we're fine. We get along. Well, and women's basketball's come away since then. Yes, it's uh, much better. In fact, the uh, local teams are very good. Yeah. Fun to watch. The Absolutely. only ones that win mm-hmm. in the state of Minnesota. 
Settle that. Yeah, all of a sudden she's a big basketball oh, yeah, fan. I love it. Was it. bullshit. And I love the fact that it's now the model franchise. The first 12 years they won one playoff game. <laughs> you know? They happened. Yeah, they true. were so rotten so long they got the uh, well, high They didn't have price. billions of dollars thrown at them. Yeah. Call you stupid men's sports. It's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I've, I've had my, my He's upsides. over there. Yeah. Yeah. My troubles. Uh, <laughs> With the populace <laughs> here and there, uh, the, pop- the people in Minnesota. But uh, it's interesting, Don's reaction to you, your reaction to Don. When I'd be in trouble, you would uh, you came out and, and supported me when no one else would. Joe did the same thing. Do you think that would even happen? Do these guys even know each other now? I don't, they don't even know who the, the TV people know who the radio people are. The radio people know who the newspaper. People I don't are. really know many of them. I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I I mean the guy downstairs. I've Bill One who's uh, the KSDP guy now. I've seen oh, him yeah. a couple. Unfortunately, uh, when was it? The you know the Hubbard the famous Hubbard Christmas party still takes place. It might be the yeah. last corporate Christmas party in mm-hmm. town because of course they don't have any of those evil unions. But uh, but uh, Bill One was there last year or the year before with my wife and he'd been around for a year or two as their main anchor and and my wife and i were standing and talking to her i said katie this is bill one and she's tired of talking says what do you do for the station <laughs> he okay. said that to you no no you said katie that to said that oh, to said bill that one to my bill. wife oh god I said, Jesus Christ, Katie, he's the main anchor at the big uh, TV station. They all look the same. (laughs) No, no, he took it fine, but I I said, oh, God, I wish he had that set. Well, Punxsutawney Phil might be totally full of it. This episode definitely is not uh, the best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. Um, Ida Rodriguez, Pete Lee, and Patrick Royce. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.